0: Aaron Sorkin's adaptation of the book To Kill a Mockingbird has taken the theater world by storm. And now it's your turn to get to see it. I had a chance to speak with Richard Thomas, who plays the iconic role of Atticus Finch, as well as Yagel Welch, who plays Tom Robinson, and Melanie Moore, who plays the intrepid scout. She's a 31-year-old actress playing a 9-year-old. Yeah, you really have to see it to see how that one works. The show last night was really extraordinary. Oh, thank you. I almost wish we were talking two days from now because I'm still it's processing. Really, yes, it, yeah. yes, and not knowing what to expect, um, right. but knowing it was a reimagining, and I wonder how it how different audiences play. Because you were talking earlier about. You're, we're rating you, your performance as yeah, an audience, but sure. you're also rating the audience experience. Sure.
1: But you know, the first night in a new town is, first of all, f- every, if you're doing a play in the same city for a year, you're still doing the same thing with the audience every night because it's completely different every night. Everybody, the, uh, right. the house is, you know, certain <clears throat> Tuesday nights tend to be a certain kind of way. Saturday nights uh, tend to be a certain kind of way. You know, the audiences have personalities according to the n- night of the week. Kind of generally yeah. speaking, yeah. Uh, there are exceptions, obviously, but then, then on top of that, you're going from city to city, so you get you get a sort of a, a regional kind of response, you know. Oh yeah. Um. And that's very different. Can it can be very different from yeah. city to that city? Yeah. That makes
0: a lot of sense. Why are you drawn to doing live theater now and in this moment, and in particular touring? Because that's that's extra special for us. Yeah. You know that you're coming to us. We're not having to fly to Manhattan to see right. you or someplace else what is it about is it is there something about this moment or is there something about the story or maybe all of
1: it mm, no i mean i've always done theater i've done it my whole life i've never been away from it um it's always been uh m- m- home base for me and touring is not for everybody Not it's uh, touring is <clears throat> not um congenial to a lot of people you know it's it's very because it's very it's very challenging to tour. It's wonderful. It's thrilling. It's exciting, and it has. There are many things about it that are that are uh, even the challenges that are really good and and uh, um, beneficial. But I like going from city to. City. I like I like being a traveling player, and I like taking a show around the country, and and um, it's just an experience I like having. It's a very old way of being an actor. It's, it, it goes way back, and I feel so. I'm. Very connected to that tradition when I tour, and uh, but it is challenging. You know, you're in a different hotel every every couple of weeks or every week. You're in a, in a different house with a different acoustic, with different audiences, different press, different. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you're traveling on your day off more than half the time, and so it's not for everybody. But yeah. I happen to love it, and I do it because I love it, um, and because I like taking a play around the country. Um, I, I also, if, if, if the only agenda that I've had with touring is that I, I, I like, I want to see more straight plays go out. I want to mm. see more non-musical plays tour. Um, I do too, actually. And and, and, they, and there are so many people who come to see us who, every tour I've done, m- there are so many people who come and say they've never seen a play before. You know, they've only seen musicals and musicals are wonderful, but they're not the whole story. No, and, they're really not. And uh, people, I think, are a little, have become a little afraid of plays. Uh, and. So if you can take a play on the road and it's successful it makes it just that much easier for the next play to go out uh, that so that's important um, but to your question about why now what this this particular play I'm, I mean this would tour anyway because it's a great play and it's it's successful and it should go on the road but telling this story now around the country is particularly satisfying and uh, and and, and feels like a good mission and, and uh, it's a story that's always worth telling and right now it's a story that's great to tell around the country. Yeah.
0: When you realized you were taking on the role of Atticus Finch, was it equal parts terrifying and thrilling yeah. to take on an iconic role made beloved by Gregory yeah. Peck?
1: Not thrilling at all. Um, I mean not uh, terrifying at all. Thrilling because the writing was so good and it's such a good script. Uh, I knew Greg Peck, he was a wonderful man, a terrific actor, he was a great Atticus Finch, but he didn't loom in my consciousness, really, as I was preparing this, because it's not an adaptation of the movie, it's an adaptation of the novel. And, um, and I mean, with all due respect, because it's a wonderful film, and he's absolutely great in it, but it's a com- I'm a totally different kind of actor, and uh, Aaron Sorkin has written a totally different Atticus Finch. So, it was never really a question of where am I in relation? To, I haven't I haven't actually seen the movie for many years. I mean, I love it and it's a great picture. But I read the book before I started preparing the play. Um, and and I'm I, I keep telling myself, well, go, watch the movie and enjoy it. You love it so much, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. But I loved it years ago, and I'm sure I will love it again.
0: It's compelling, and your Atticus Finch is so different. Oh, it's totally yeah, different that's play. absolutely right. And that's one of the things I think that's so remarkable. And I've, you know, I've been playing around these central themes like these themes around, does everyone have a little bit of goodness in them? Mm-hmm. Or does everyone deserve compassion? Should you give compassion to someone who doesn't seem to have any compassion for others? Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, these ideas that I think are so important to explore today, but, but it really, y- you sit up and take notice with this play about yes. those ideas.
1: Well, uh, that's because what the great service that Aaron has performed for all the actors who will play this part going down the road um, is that he has basically taken him off his pedestal and interrogated all of his unassailable virtues. You know, I mean, all the things that we take for granted that are great about Atticus get questioned you know he's a teachable lad his sense of community mm. you know his sense of satisfaction in the way things are you know with his feeling that things are always going to go the right way that people are always going to do the right thing his feeling of so all of that is completely deconstructed in the course of unlike the film and the and, and the novel in which he doesn't really have changed too much um, Aaron has brought him forward as a given him a sort of a protagonist's journey uh, and 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 it's much more satisfying for an actor to play a character who has a lot to learn, and who's whose life gets uh, basically his whole sense of where he is in the world and what the world is like. His loss of innocence mirrors the children's loss mm. of innocence, and that's a, that's a thrilling thing for an actor to be able to play. It keeps it fresh and alive, and it keeps you from being pompous or preachy in the part. Mm. You know, he's 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 passionate, but he's not. At the beginning, he he has an answer for everything, and all of that gets all of that assuredness gets taken away from him.
0: He does seem so confident. He does seem so, so Yeah, at secure. the beginning of the place, yeah. on
1: his porch talking to the judge, it's all going to be fine. Times have changed. I don't want to, you know, I have a happy life. I don't need to take this case on. You know, rather than I want to do the right thing, I'm going to change right. the world. I mean, none of those things are any. He's got a very happy life in a small yeah. town with his two kids. And all of that gets taken apart. Yeah. And that's a that's a wonderful journey. And I think it's good for the audience because they don't have... A character to look at and go, oh, it's all going to be fine because of this person. You know, I mean, he's sort of eliminated the white savior aspect of the story, um, and uh, that's, I think, a, a very a good, you know, yeah. a, a good thing. I
0: think so too. Before you come out on stage, I sort of felt an electricity in the air, kind of in, in anticipation of Atticus Finch coming out. Sure. And I don't know if this is just how you are or if this is something you do for the character so I want to ask it felt like you it looked like you floated out there Oh. It doesn't look like you walk so much as you just
1: huh. move across the floor. Oh. And I said
0: to my mom, "Is he floating? Is that me? Like, is that just <laughs> the way he walks?" I was like, "What is that?"
1: Well, that's an interesting comment. I haven't heard that before. I just walk out.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah. that's just who you are. Yeah,
1: I'm not doing a thing.
0: That's crazy. You know, because it really, it, you know, i really felt it like as this part of Atticus's um, nature and sort of how mm-hmm. you're sort of carrying. Yeah. For him. So well, he's a,
1: he's a very comfortable. Southern, you know, lawyer who loves his community and he's, you know, he's, he's got a good life. you yeah. know, he's, he's not, he's not sailing out there because he's better than everybody else. He's sailing out there because he feels comfortable in the world he's in. Oh, and he feels wow. comfortable in his own skin, and he has all that to lose during the course of three hours. That
0: does make so much sense, but it makes me want to go back and watch Ozark and be like, "Was he floating in that?"
1: Like, <laughs> no, I don't I remember don't. that. Maybe I wasn't paying it's attention. A great comment, <laughs> though. I love that. Thank you. It's because I have comfortable shoes. I That's That's good. Why I'm able I like do you. Should it. always have comfortable shoes. That's you what Mother to. says too. Happy shoes. Uh, your comfy shoes. Happy actor.
0: <laughs> so I wish we had more time, but I think we have to wrap up. So I do want to ask you one last question, sure. which is. This experience of you being in the play mm-hmm. and touring um and the whole the whole experience, how would you describe it if you had to in just one word
1: fulfilled yeah it's very fulfilling, and the company is i mean as you saw it's just
0: it's extraordinary it's a
1: very deep bench yeah uh, and and they're all so wonderful, and we've managed to maintain a very within the you know, challenges of touring and, and being in close quarters, it's a very, very happy and mutually supportive company. And I think that comes across on stage.
0: I think it does too. How do you, how do you take care of yourself on the road? How do you make strange <laughs> rooms feel comfortable? Well, that's the challenge.
1: You know, there's, there's, there's two things that happen um, every time you go to a new city, right? There's, the first thing that happens is you open the door to your hotel room. And you go in and you go, okay, that's in the wrong place, that's in the right place, too dark, too bright, whatever. You know, you have to, you, it's a new pair of shoes. And uh, you have to figure out a little bit how to make it home for a week. Um, and I'm a nest builder, so I, you know, I, I really do a lot of that when I get into a hotel room. So, so where you're going to live, there's, there's really three challenges beyond all the others. It, it's, you know... There's, the, there's your home, what your home is gonna be, and that changes all the time. And then there's the theater and the acoustic of the house, uh, the backstage space, um, the relationship of the house to the audience, I mean to the players in terms of the separation, how, how, how far are, is the first row away? What is the acoustic like? that they're hearing. What is the acoustic like that we're hearing of them? It changes from house to house. So that's another new pair of shoes. And then how do you eat? Mm. That's a big deal.
0: I think eating and sleeping is the biggest, yeah. uh,
1: Sleeping is not a problem for me, but eating is is challenging. Because you
0: can't cook anything.
1: Well, you can. Some people do, but it's very difficult to do. And you end up wasting food if you go someplace for a Mm. week and do a big shop at the store. So you have to really think about Eating as healthy as you can. And also, you know, a healthy diet is a consistent diet. And when you're traveling all different parts of the country that have different kinds of food, it's always shifting. Yeah. So there's a lot of things like that. Yeah, you know? I believe um, it. But, but it's, a, it's also, it's just a wonder, it's very, it make you stay very alive. I, it, you're constantly having to improvise. You're constantly having to make adjustments. You're constantly yeah. having to... to to deal with the reality that's coming up from week to week and I think that's very stimulating
0: yeah I can see that it gives you energy it does it also makes me wonder what you're eating because you look good and and I'll
1: have what you're having (laughs) I don't know well I'm doing this play which is very strenuous so it's very uh it's healthy it's healthy you know it's a yeah. healthy show to do yeah. it's a lot of work I'm very monkish when I'm not on stage I keep it very simple I don't do a whole lot of stuff so- I mean I've been to all these cities before so right. you know I't I, there are certain like I will go to the Manila without any doubt and I'll sit oh, yeah. in the Rothko Chapel and I have a you know they'll you know we get to f- Dallas I'll go to Fort Worth and spend time at the Kimball I'll go to yeah. you know I have my what about my, Austin in special? Have, um, Austin I'm learning about
0: oh good so you haven't spent I much have, time in Austin
1: I I haven't spent a lot of time I have a very good friend there and I have uh, in-laws there and and I like Austin very much, but I don't know it yet because I haven't done a run there yet. So okay. that, that'll be new for oh, me.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Something new to very discover. Very exciting.
1: Um, so, you know, I don't but now I don't do. A lot of the younger people, they're out and they're exploring and because they've never been in a lot of these cities before, and I keep it very quiet because yeah. it's a lot to do every night. Yeah. And it's a lot to do on the weekend. So you want to restore yourself. Yeah, you Yeah. Know, so I try to keep it simple. That
0: makes sense. Yeah. Richard, thank you so thank much. You. Thank, thank you, thank you so much for I your enjoyed time. It. I really enjoyed glad it. To you. You. I really did love the show there is something extra special about it and it can't be denied that a large part of that is due to the cast next I spoke to Jaegel Welch who plays Tom Robinson and of course first question I had to ask him was how did he get the name Jaegel?"
2: it is a family name um, uh, my grandmother gave it to my dad he, he and I share um, the name but um, they thought that she thought that it meant it was German for brave hunter Ooh. but that's Jaeger. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, and, and oftentimes when I see it, people may have it as a last name but spelt differently, like y a g e l, or okay, but I am yeah. yeah. Um, and no, so I've honestly, other than my father, I've never heard or, yeah. or you've never
0: met another, Yagle? never met
2: another, Yagle. yeah, that no. is so cool. I've met a Tagel.
0: A Tegel, that's yeah. interesting. Was it difficult growing up with the name Yagel? Were...
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I, I wanted to, my whole life, I guess I always wanted to be like, quote unquote, normal. And, and I wanted like a, a Mike, a John, or what was really popular when I was growing up were like, you know, Tyree, Kivon. Oh, sure, something. yeah. Kind of sexy, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, but then I had Yagle and, mm-hmm. um But it grew on me so much, it became a gift because nobody ever forgets that name when no. somebody's talking about oh his name is Jago, oh I I've, yeah and you know um it makes me very identifiable and yeah. um in, in in so many words and so i really i really have grown to love the uniqueness of it and i love being it's sort of my lesson in life and just Ooh. enjoy being unique yeah enjoy it because there's nothing you can do about it right
0: you, yeah embrace it yeah well, so I noticed that you went to an HBC yes. and you also studied at Brandeis. Yes. How do you think the experiences that you had there are impacting your performance as Tom Robinson?
2: Well, that, that, that's, that's, that's actually a, a simple question. Going to an HBCU, you learn so much about um, black history. Um, and so there there have been so many books read and plays done in college that center around the world of black people, particularly during these time periods. Um, and so I came in, you know, very well versed on Jim Crow, very well versed on the civil rights movement, very well versed on the transatlantic slave trade, to sort of sort of um, try to infuse all of that knowledge into, the work because Tom Robinson is a composite of the things that are going to come but also what has happened that, that make up um, his strength to survive and why it sort of informs why he might make the choice mm. to um, because when you, the way I see it from the research I've done no matter how you spin it Tom dies in this. <laughs> he goes yeah. to jail he's going to get killed. Yeah. He goes, um, um, he, go, um, he goes on trial whether he wins or loses a trial he's going to be killed. I think it's important for him to clear his name. I also think in times of struggle, I think African Americans have done a lot of things that are revolutionary. For instance, when Martin Luther King is walking those folks over the bridge in Alabama and they see the dogs Mm. and they still walk you know because the injustice is that bad that this is the act that they need and it might cost them their life it might cost them a limb but it's worth it Mm -hmm. Um, because it's going to lead to a greater change and I think um, that's the stock that Tom Robinson comes from is made of is comprised of and I think that um, what he does in that moment when he announces his truth is he takes a stand for injustice and puts the truth, this is the truth because it simply Mm -hmm. is. You're not gonna make me out to be something like this. He's calling out, and it's a brave act Mm -hmm. because uh, I guess by my contemporary mind, why not lie and stay alive? Mm. And you know, why not? Something is obviously worth more. Um, And so all of that sort of comes in there. And Brandeis, um, believe it or not, like um, I have a love-hate relationship with the community um, of, of, of Boston because of my experience. Mm. I was given 17 warnings and not one traffic ticket. I've been driving since I was 15 years old and I've never been pulled over. Um, and some of the things that happened to me in that space showed me some of the injustice. This was the law. Wow. <laughs> this was the law doing this, asking me why. Um, I first got there, I got pulled over and asked, you know, what am I doing here? Ooh. Um, and, and I told him that I'm I'm coming to grad school, going to Brandeis, they asked me, Brandeis, you know that's a Jewish school, right? And I said, yes, and they say, and you still went knowing it was Jewish? And I was like, yeah, I'm getting my master's degree. And then he said, oh, you're getting your master's degree? Where'd you go to undergrad? I said, Morehouse. He said, a black school? You went to, and, and now you're going to a Jewish school. Okay. And then he asked me about the baseball game. Uh, <laughs> um, and
0: Oh my God.
2: Yeah, it, it, you know, like, and so I learned And don't get me wrong this is this is not to tear down because i I learned a lot of beautiful things about boston and it's a wonderful city but i did learn a lot directly as for the first time as an adult i started fearing the police like literally my body would tighten up when i would drive and try to look as safe as possible but it's really hard to look safe Mm. in a car that's not the nicest car Mm -hmm. you know um and and when, when it kept happening with my Sometimes my white classmates would be would be in the car with me, and they would say, "Why are you nervous? But he's going to pull me over. I know it. But you're not doing anything. They they just always pull me over." Yeah. And so, yeah, life life wow. sort of pours in, in the from those experiences. I I've, I've, I can take from both of them. There's some lived experience at Brandeis, and at Morehouse it was the education. And for the first time in my life, I came from the Los Angeles County area, a suburban city called Riverside. And Brandeis Morehouse was the first time in my life where my color didn't matter mm. because I was surrounded by people of color, and yeah. so that wasn't the thing that people were looking at. Right. There were other things, um, and so like that weight was gone for about four years.
0: Wow, and that's a special experience.: <laughs> That's a special
2: experience. Um,
0: I feel I feel that a little bit because I went to Wellesley Okay. so for me, it was like you know the thing about you know not having to worry about sexism or anything yeah, like yeah, that. No, yeah. Um, so this it's amazing to hear you talk about this and to and and how that's informing like how you're able to use that in the on stage now today, because this is such a i mean this is a role everyone has seen, if not read, and mm-hmm. probably most of them have read it too mm-hmm. and and they have images burned in their brain, and you really do make this your own like the experience of the play last night, one of the things I loved in particular about your character is your physical stature and what you do with your body to communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, You communicate a lot with your body Mm -hmm. and I don't know how much work that took.
2: You know it's it's funny because there's a lot of times where I'm just you know seemingly sitting there but things are being said and maybe I can't express opinions verbally but what I can do is let them hit me and whatever and how it resonates with me physically. Yeah, Let it land and do what it's gonna do because that does communicate to an audience because People, they, they just said you raped her. How does it, you know, like, yeah. maybe I don't get to turn around and say, no, yeah. I did not. But, you know, there's a reaction. Yeah, there is. You know, and, and Strong. just sort of letting, um, the listening really takes care of it. If I just listen to what the other person is saying and have an honest response to it in character, okay. everything happens.
0: So I know we have to wrap up, but I'm going to ask you one last question. This experience for you of being in the play and touring, how would you describe it in one word? Fulfilling. Ooh, that's a good one.
2: Fulfilling. Yeah, I, I, um, there's a way, sometimes you get jobs that check boxes. This job gives me a chance to do, uh, perform in a, in a really good play that's meaty, but it also tells a story that I think is so necessary. So it's one of those pieces in my life where I go, wow, my art has meaning. Mm. It, it, you know, like I get to help transform society because there's so many people who are going to come see this who are going to be made different coming out of it and I get to be a part of that um, you know and I toured before and sometimes you do things that aren't as light and you can say yes well I got to make people laugh but that's you know there's a joy in that but there's also the joy of like transforming their lives you know not not just being a cocktail for them where they you know sort of get to feel good and you know but something that they get to take with them um, which I um, I value It's it's, it's it's fulfilling because it challenges me and it inspires me and I, and I, I no matter how tired I am, I'm gonna come in and give it 100% because I think it's necessary for the story because it fulfills me to be out there.
0: One thing that surprised me about this play was how humorous it is. There are many moments where it is laugh out loud funny and a lot of that humor comes from Scout, who's played by Melanie Moore. You might recognize her name from So You Think You Can Dance. So I asked how her dance training helped support her in this role, because as Scout, she is all over the stage all the time for what feels like 90 minutes, nonstop.
3: I understand movement. That's that's sort of my my first language in a lot of ways, my first performing language. Obviously, I learned how to speak English, but... um, I, in terms of performance, I never spoke on stage until I was in my Broadway debut. I never sang on stage until then, really, like, that was... So all of that came secondarily uh, and... uh, were sort of like tertiary skills. But dance and movement is something that I understand. I love watching people, not in like a creepy way, but like, you know, I like identifying people by just different mannerisms that they have. So when I found out that I was going to be playing an eight, nine-year-old for most of the show and then my adult self in sort of bursts of the show, uh, I... You know, would watch my niece and nephew and the way that there's, they have like a sort of sense of freedom. You know, you don't, pain doesn't really, you don't have pain at that point usually. So your limbs are a little bit looser. You're sort of a little bit more like languid in some ways. And then like you, you just don't quite have the muscular control that you have. So that was something for me that felt important to really make sure I was personifying that sort of sense of freedom. You do that very
0: well. And I want to say, particularly with the scene where you do like these half cartwheels. Thank you. It reminded me of when I was learning cartwheels as a kid. And I told uh, my friend, what do you mean my legs aren't straight up in the air? They feel straight up in the (laughs) air.
3: That is so funny. Yeah, we were... uh, Because that is something that I've worked with our director previously. I worked on... Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway with him, uh, Bart Sher, he's incredible and he knows that I am a dancer and he knows that I'm skilled and uh, can do all those things so he was like, Melanie, I want you to do something like like do cartwheels and I did a cartwheel and he was like, she's not an Olympic gymnast, Melanie. (laughs) And I was like, I could do a cartwheel when I was like five, what do you mean? And he was like, no, you're in Alabama in 1934, you cannot be doing it like that and so every night I try and do like the worst cartwheel possible so much so that like a lot of my cast just like watches it and starts laughing. I'll take, like prompts sometimes I try and do like round offs like so it is something again it's that sense of freedom and that sense that like of play is really what I wanted to uh make sure I brought to that character. Uh, and then changing the physicality on a dime when I'm playing her older self, not only the pitch of my voice uh, becoming, becoming deeper, but also like the way I stand, you pull your pelvis a little bit further forward, you drop your shoulders a little bit, you're a little bit more aware of your body when you're playing this sort of 30 plus year old version of Scout uh, or in my version of Scout. And so yeah. uh, those delineations for me were, are very helpful at understanding who she is in certain moments um, And that was how I sort of had to approach the character. Um, And it keeps it interesting every night for me. Oh, I bet it does. How did this role come to you, Melanie? I auditioned for the role. So I auditioned originally to replace Celia Keenan-Bolger on Broadway, uh, who was so incredible in the role. I was at their opening night. I loved the show. So I auditioned to replace her uh, in the Broadway version after she left, uh, or before she left. But uh, they, and they asked me in the room, they said, Melanie, would you consider going on tour? And I was like, you know, I've never done a play before. I've done lots of musicals, but I've never done a play. Uh, so yeah I would I would definitely consider going on tour and then I didn't hear anything for like four months maybe uh, and because that was in the spring and then I didn't hear anything and they called me and said hey they want you to come in tomorrow several months later and do all of those uh, scenes again it's the entire opening of the show and sort of like in the midway through point of the show and uh, I was like tomorrow I was on a flight back from LA I had been working oh my God. and I was like okay so I came in at 10 the next morning and then they had the, offered me the part that afternoon <laughs> so like so it happened very fast, but uh, yeah, like, yeah.
0: So and you obviously didn't have anything memorized, so you're working off a script.
3: Yeah, well, no, I I made sure I I you, you know it would I had to memorize it to go in months prior, so I held my script, but it, you know it sort of comes back Fantastic. and and I was on a, I was on that flight from L.A. which is a little bit long, so I sort of just made sure I was going over and over and over it, uh, and that is my so family's quick. yeah yeah and but my family's from the south, so uh, I'm from Georgia originally, so I used my grandma at the time. The accent has shifted because. Uh, the R's and some of the L's like uh, in we worked with an incredible dialect coach uh, who is just Incredible Kate. Uh, And the R's and L's are a little bit different than they would be like in Tennessee where my family is from. Uh, So originally I went in with sort of like my grandma and my family's accent and that had to shift a little bit when we said like, you know, it's 1934. It's not like the 1960s or 1950s in Tennessee. So, you know, but all of that is helpful to sort of, again, keep building character. Um, But so I didn't really have to think about accent. That was something that sort of just is built into me. And so I, yeah, so I just had to memorize the line and then sort of get out of my own way. So what
0: was it like when you get the role? Mm-hmm. Did you have a moment of like, wow, I'm tackling something that is so iconic? Like, like Original Scout has, has a special place in people's hearts. Yeah. And the second part of this question is, you're actually on tour with Original Scout yes. who plays Mrs. Debose. Yes. And so I want to delve into both of these things. Like, yeah. you know, I imagine it's... Um, It's exciting, but also scary. Yeah. What was it like when you realized like, okay, I, I got to make scout me.
3: Yes. I, well, I think, you know, uh, first watching the show I watched the opening so I got to see Celia do the part and she's an incredible actress I just love all of her work and an incredible human and she won a Tony award for the part so I was a little bit like okay I have that to tackle and then I'm like and then also I have Mary Batum who's in the show who I already knew they told me a couple of months after I had gotten the part they told me that Mary was doing it and um, that was in 2019 and you know they (laughs) I I was like okay so not only do I have a person who's won a Tony for the part that I have to show or strip that away and do my own I also have like this person who was nominated for an Oscar at age nine for doing the part so okay okay like um but I think it was it was yeah I was like okay <laughs> um but I think it was helpful for me that the book version of Scout has always sort of been like my version of Scout I remember reading it I remember loving it I grew up as I said in the south I'm from Georgia originally and um I was and still kind of am in, in a lot of a lot of aspects. I don't think there's one way to be a tomboy, however you want to say it. Um, but I grew up very much identifying with that character as so many people and young women from the South do. I feel like if you're from the South and you read the book, a lot of, a lot of people really identify with one of those three young kids. And so I always sort of felt like I have something to offer that is very different. I also know, as we talked about with my physicality, I had something to offer in that way that was very different. And I, I, I've never said this in an interview, so uh, I've never seen the movie. <laughs> Wow. I've never seen it. I've never seen it, which I think is helpful because I think, I think it's great. helpful. I, yeah. I tried not to. And maybe I saw it. I mean, I don't think so. They they didn't really like maybe in some deep recess of my memory. We watched it like in middle school and I read the book. But I've read the book several times and I can't ever remember seeing the movie. Uh, I'm not from like a movie household. We didn't grow up watching movies. And that was just not something that I ever watched. Uh, I've never said that in inter- an interview. Sorry, Mary. I love you. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> This is a safe space, Melanie. This is a safe space. I'm like, I love you, Mary. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I think after we finish, I can watch it. But I think it was important to me that I, because the character is so iconic and so many people loved it, that I didn't go in thinking like, oh, I've got to be this. This is what people loved. And this is what people look, wanted and looked at. So when I sort of got the part and I had never seen the movie, I was like, okay, I can't watch it now because right. I have to do what I have done. Yes. Um, and I, think I have that's to actually just do helpful. me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so many people are like, oh, Oh my god I loved her in the movie and I'm like yes she was incredible right
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> yes. so glad that you chose yes. this moment yes. well we only have secret. we have
3: two months left of tour so now it feels like time to come clean yeah, yeah.
0: well thank you so much yeah. Melanie and since you shared a secret with me I'm going to share one with you mm-hmm. I've never seen Greece. <gasps> I don't
3: tell that to a lot of people the movie you've never seen Greece. The, the movie incredible Jonathan wow Volta we're really we're really sharing Jonathan. this is yeah. like very this is a very it's safe a space moment. thank yes. you for saying that thank you um you missed you missed some iconic performances so did I And we have lived to tell the tale. We have, (laughs) and
0: we can watch them later whenever we want.
3: Yes, they exist. They'll be there
0: for us. (laughs) Exactly.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much, Thank you, it was just lovely
0: to kill a mockingbird is playing at bass concert hall from may 9th through the 14th and trust me when i say you do not want to miss this one you can get tickets at broadwayinaustin.com and even if nobody else wants to go with you go by yourself you'll have a great time you'll enjoy the play and you will definitely make new friends once intermission hit everyone was talking about it with everyone else around them Real people making a living in the arts. That's what Juilliards is all about. And I hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, please subscribe or follow so you'll never miss an episode.
1: If you want to hear more from Juliet, listen to Magic 95.5 weekday afternoons. She's on the air from noon to seven, keeping
2: you company while you're at work and on that all too lengthy drive home.